I often say to people who have great difficulties to deal with in their lives, try to find somewhere in the life experience of Jesus where you can situate yourself. What I mean by that is that we can always find somewhere in the gospel where Jesus is going through something akin to our own present trials. Have you been betrayed by a friend or someone close to you? Go be with Jesus as he receives the kiss of Judas in the garden. Have you been totally misunderstood and face a severe backlash? Go be with Jesus as he is hustled out of the synagogue in Nazareth and threatened with being thrown off the nearest cliff. Have you grief that constantly pains you? Go find Jesus standing weeping at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. There is a power when we can line our troubles or our joys up with the troubles, tribulations and joys which Jesus experienced. God has made you members of Christ Jesus. With these words of the second reading, St. Paul reminds us of the reality that is our greatest point of reference. We are by our baptism united with Christ, one with him, one with Christ. That's the definition of a disciple. In the gospel, Jesus sets out a kind of program or pattern of what a disciple should look like. He goes up the hillside and he delivers what are called the Beatitudes, a series of statements about what is or should be the goal of our lives. That goal, we know, boils down to getting to heaven. The Beatitudes, in a certain sense, keep us focused on that reality which awaits us. The very word Beatitude comes from the Latin word for blessed. It is unfortunate that the Lord's Beatitude statements have been translated in our version of this gospel as happy, since the word happy seems to be a very poor cousin of being blessed. I can be happy with an ice cream cone, but I doubt anyone has ever said, I am so blessed to eat this ice cream. These statements of Jesus of what being blessed consists of really make little sense to those who don't see things the way God does, those who do not have the mind of Christ. How can I describe my life as blessed if I'm poor, hungry, persecuted and mourning? That wouldn't be the world's definition of being happy, never mind being blessed. But the gospel of the Lord is not human wisdom neatly packaged for us. It is divine wisdom. And at the very least, we need to scratch beneath the surface of what Jesus is teaching. Maybe it can be helpful for us to apply the Beatitudes to Christ himself. And we might better understand how, as disciples of Christ, we should strive to be like him. Happy are the poor in spirit. Now Jesus was poor in spirit in two ways. Firstly, he lived a life of poverty, was born into poverty, and was not attached to nor relied upon earthly wealth or prosperity, even though technically it all belonged to him as Lord of it all. Poverty 
is a problem to be solved and Christians have always sought to alleviate poverty wherever they found it. But being poor in spirit is a way of life, even if you have much more than you need. And in a second way, Jesus was poor in spirit, meaning he relied for everything on the Heavenly Father. He received everything as a gift from the Father. He humbly acknowledged that the Father has him by the hand and there is no better place to be. His final words on Calvary expressed that. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for what is right. And I would connect that with those who mourn. When we talk about mourning, we immediately think of bereavement, but there is another kind of mourning, the lamentation that things in this world are out of kilter, dysfunctional, beset by problems, and that this world seems to be run amok by sin. Jesus was sorrowful at the pitiful state of this world, the Gospels several places say that he was moved with compassion, deeply moved to his very depths. He was sorrowful at the dire state of human beings within this fallen world. He mourned, no doubt, that such a beautiful creation as this world should be reduced to such affliction with death, sin, division and evil. And he hungered and thirsted to set it right again. Indeed, that's why he came, to make all things new. Now we know that Jesus is merciful, that he is pure in heart, and that he came to establish peace in this troubled and broken world. And we know too, as followers of Christ, that we should strive to be merciful, pure and gentle in how we live our lives. But we also know that living the Christian life can be hard, and so we come to the last beatitude. Happy are those who are persecuted in the cause of right, and who are downtrodden, cast aside, spoken ill of, because they remain faithful to Christ and try to live like him. Jesus was persecuted even unto death on the cross. The most gentle, loving, pure, humble, holy and good heart of Jesus was pierced through with a lance. And will we, his disciples, rage against God if we should have to take a few knocks for our faith? Why are you blessed if you find yourself relying on God for everything? If you find yourself mourning and seeking justice? If you find yourself getting a hard time because of your faith? You are blessed because you find yourself in the same position Jesus was in. And so your life looks a lot like his. And if my life looks like the life of Jesus, then I truly am a disciple. And the outcome can only be that I shall eternally rejoice and be glad, for my reward will be great in heaven. Blessed are you. Blessed are you if your life looks even like a shadow of the life of Jesus.